take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We'll be in verses 1 through 3, and we're going to deal with honoring parents, which is pretty appropriate this being Mom's Day, and so we'll be doing that. Now, when I heard announcements just a minute ago that we have Bunko coming for the ladies, I might just want to show up and watch. I hope my wife hosted, a, we did Bunko at Village Parkway quite a bit, and the ladies always got together. And so my wife hosted it at our house one time. I thought I was competitive. My wife has always said I was competitive to a fault. There was blood on our furniture afterwards. <laughs> it was hard sometimes looking at a couple of the ladies without praying for their husbands after what I saw. So it, it might be something the staff wants to videotape for later use for some wife. All right, I went to San Antonio this week to visit my son, and so while I'm down there visiting with him, he's got into this chat GPT real good. He said, Dad, you got to try it. And I, he said, what are you preaching on Sunday? I said, well, honoring parents. Have you written your sermon yet? I said, yeah, I wrote it before I left to come down here because I knew I wouldn't have time once I got down here, so it's already written. He said, well, let's write one on it with chat GPT. So I, he opened me an account in my name, and so I wrote in the box, write a sermon honoring father and mother from the New American Standard of the Bible. 20 seconds later, I have a full sermon. And it was good. In fact, it was extremely good. In fact, I was shocked how biblical it really was and how it really had a, an interesting thought process. I'm not preaching it today. I'm not even quoting from it. You can go later to my Facebook page. I put it on my Facebook page. But I've gotten quite a bit of reaction from people around the nation on that. But one lady did write. Uh, she said this. I know them. They go to Calvary Chapel in California. Uh, they've been friends of mine for years. She's heard me preach in Israel, and she heard me preach in San Antonio and a couple other places. She said, Steve, I knew it wasn't your sermon. It lacks a personal touch with your stories and heartfelt anecdotes. Then another lady wrote, though, what if my parents violated me? Up to then, everybody's going, this is neat, that's exciting, and all of a sudden, boom. I did not see that for a little bit, and so I would have responded, but two of my seminary students over the years responded very well to the lady and gave her really some amazing answers, which I wholeheartedly would endorse. But anytime we do a message like last week on husbands and wives and how we're to respond, that's not always an easy thing to do because a lot of people's lives have been very, very difficult. Well, with family especially, sometimes it can be exceptionally difficult, and this can be a tough passage to read. Or it can be difficult for this reason. Just as I was driving down this morning, a friend texted me a picture of when he was a child with his mother. I know her. She lives in Austin. Good lady. But she's gotten the point in life now. She doesn't know anyone or anything. And my friend said this morning, she, she no longer recognizes me. But I'm going to treat her like a queen until the very end. Which I thought was a powerhouse response in the midst of a very difficult situation. So what I want to do today, I want to talk about honoring parents. Knowing that some here had phenomenal parents and some had very bad situations. But yet what God's word says and going off what I said last week of wives being submissive and men loving your wives. And I said, if you do that, your life will be blessed and work. It doesn't mean, though, that if you do that perfectly, you'll have a good marriage. I have dealt with many of marriages where 
I had a close friend of mine, my wife and I, she had a horrible situation in marriage, and she and I would talk. She was a secretary for a while in my school that I had. And I'd tell her, here's what the scripture's talking about. And she said, I'm trying that, Steve. I believe it'll work. Well, it never did. So I, here's what I've always told people as I learned through the years. If you want to have a good family situation and you're in a bad one, the only way you can do that is by doing that which is right. But just by doing it right does not guarantee that you're going to get a good situation. But the only way you're going to get a good situation is by doing it right. And I've come to the conclusion after all these years when it comes to family, it's not so much that God's called us to raise godly families. He's called us to be godly people in our families. And I think that's a huge difference sometimes that you and I are called to walk with Christ no matter the circumstances we find ourselves in. And if we are blessed, I was blessed with a very good family as a kid growing up. My parents loved each other. Honoring them was never difficult for me to be able to do. My kids have done a fairly good job of honoring me, although I'd like to correct a few things along the way. But we've, we've had a good family life. Jan had a great family life. But I have dealt with some very difficult situations, so I do understand but let's look at what it is to honor parents today because I think this is one of the most important verses in the Bible. And it's tied back to Exodus, the Ten Commandments, and it has a very unique position of all the commandments. So if you'd stand with me, we're going to read the three verses there. It's short and quick, but we'll be keying on verses 2 and 3 today. We'll go back to verse 1 next week uh, whenever we talk about raising children. But here's what it says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. In parentheses, this is the first commandment with a promise, so it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Join with me as we pray. Father, on this day which we do stop to honor our, our moms, Lord, I pray you'll teach us today. This is a very important passage. It needs us to pay close attention to it. It needs us to be obedient to it. Because there are blessings that follow when we follow what you've told us to do. And we do this not just to keep some rules or regulations or laws. We do this out of appreciation for the salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. That you have made us alive. You have raised us up. You've given us the ability to do good, to do good works. So Father, help us to understand today these truths based on the relationship we have in Christ, and may it impact in all that we do and say, is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, the foundational principle of living a good life is honoring your father and mother. Critical principle of life right here. Now, an angel gave this to Moses when he gave him the law. And this principle of family is foundational to everything that we do in life. In Exodus 20, 12, it says, Honor your father and mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord gives you. I know there's a lot of you in here. You don't know any Hebrew. You don't know any of how all that stuff works. But in the Hebrew language, this is an impel, uh, imperative. It means absolutely nothing to most everybody in the room. But to me, it means something pretty amazing. And what it is, imperative means a command. So we are commanded in one of the Ten Commandments. And may I state, it's the first of all the actions we're to do towards one another. Uh, before he gets to thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. The first thing is honoring father and mother. 
But when you add the PL verb form in front of it, it means this. You're to really, really, really honor your family. This is not just honoring. This means pouring your heart and your soul into this on, on, on a basis. Now, when Paul uses it, he does the command also. And this honor stuff, if I go back to Romans 1, and I walk through that first chapter of Romans 1, and I get to the last three things where God gave them up, God gave them up, God gave them up the three times. You're very familiar with that. The first time he gives them up is to immorality. The second time he gives them up is to homosexuality. The third time he gives them up is to a depraved mind with, filled with hatred and anger and the killing and taking of life and the dishonor and the parents. Those are signs of God's judgment upon people when they're walking within those. And so we have a tendency that when we look at that passage to go, these are the really bad sins, and they are. But that's not the cause of why God gave them up. If you ever want to do a fascinating study, start working your way backwards until you get to about verse 21. Because in verse 21, it tells you what the heart of what's wrong with the people that led to a downfall like this. You know what it was? They quit honoring God, and they've quit giving thanks. When you and I stop honoring God, then it affects everything else we do. And in a culture in which we live, where the honor of God has pretty much disappeared from the town square, no wonder we shouldn't be surprised at what we see around us in culture. But when you don't honor God, eventually you're not going to honor family. And when you don't honor family, you're not going to honor anyone else. This is important. Ezekiel said that the dishonor of parents was the most grievous sin that characterized the generation that saw the temple destroyed. The dishonor of parents among the Jews was what led to the downfall of the nation of Israel and the destruction of their temple. Augustine, the great theologian, said that the importance of the fifth commandment by posing a rhetorical question, he said this, if anyone fails to honor his parents, is there anyone he will spare? Because if you can't show honor to those who gave you life, you will not show honor to anyone else. So this is a very, very important command. Now the question becomes, okay, you've made that point, this is important. It doesn't tell me how to do it. Well, you know, one of the things I've learned over the years is when I get a command like this, I need to know a little bit more about it. Just start walking through the scripture and look at different things that it talks about. Jesus said this, if you speak evil of your father or mother, he's quoting the Old Testament law in Leviticus, you should be put to death. So Jesus lets me know it's speaking evil of my father or speaking evil of my mom. Proverbs says, do not forsake the teaching of your mom. Even to this day, as an almost 70-year-old guy, I still make reference sometimes and make quotes of what my mom would tell me with those little pithy statements that she would give me. And some of them were like, if you do that again, I'm going to take you out of this life. I gave you life, but I'm going to take you out. So I still remember that one ever so often if I think I might be stepping across the bounds. But my mom always had some pretty interesting... My favorite was, son... Quit wishing your life away. Just enjoy the day. Quit wishing your life away. Well, the Bible says, do not forsake your mother's teachings. It says, a foolish son will break his mother's heart. Scripture says, he who assaults his father and drives his mother away is a shameful and disgraceful son. Proverbs said, he who curses his father or his mother, his lamp will go out whenever life gets difficult on him. Proverbs says, listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she becomes old. Let your father and your mother be glad. Let them rejoice in those who gave you birth. He who steals from his father or his mother, if he does that, he is a companion of men who destroy others. 
Proverbs says there's a kind of man who curses his father and does not bless his mother. There's one that says the eye that mocks a father and scorns a mother. The raven of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. Okay, I just picked a bunch of little things. I could have picked another 10, 15 more walking through the scripture. But you know what? Simply, when I put those all together and I say I'm to honor my parents, you know what it is? Never speak evil of my mom or dad. Pay attention to what they taught me. Don't act like a fool. Don't drive them away from me. Do not despise my mom when she is old. Listen and respect all that she says. Make them glad. Make them rejoice in all that you do. May I state, even as I got older, that became very important. One of the greatest moments of my life was speaking at Oxford University, and my dad was in the audience watching me as I spoke. And I can still see his face as I'm speaking. I happened to glance around. I wanted my mom to be there, but she had passed away two years earlier. But dad was there. And I know what it meant to him, that his son, who, as I've said before, he, they never thought I'd make it much of anything in life the way I started, but I turned out all right. But it also had a joy in my heart. That's what honoring parents is. Not stealing from them. I've known too many stories of kids who have drained their parents of their retirement income because they're foolish living and everything else to steal from your parents you don't do that Uh, bless your mom speak well of her always and as somebody who lost my mom 20 years ago i would love to still be able to do that today and don't wait my mom when she turned 70 in may 11th my mom's birthday was always around mother's day and we weren't real smart as young boys growing up in that house so we'd get her one present I later learned that doesn't work. I had to have a Mother's Day present and a birthday day present. But on her 70th birthday, we were at a fancy restaurant in Tyler, chef cooking kind of place, very expensive. And we're sitting there. My mom had been a teetotaler all of her life, but towards the end, she wasn't. She got where she liked a glass of wine and everything. So I'm sitting there debating, does her son, the Baptist preacher, buy her mom a bottle of wine and bring a toast to her? And I'm having that debate all through dinner, and I chickened out. I wanted to honor her, get up, use the glass, say something. I never got a chance. She passed away. I would give anything to go back and have that moment one more time. Bless your mom. If you still have her around, bless her. If she hadn't, you still do that. This thing of honoring parents has nothing to do with age. It's not for young people. It's for every single one of us. And never ridicule your family and everything you do. See, honor is based, listen on this, on the fact that they're just your parents. Not on anything else. Just the fact that you're parents. There's no condition set in this verse. Honor your father and mother. It doesn't put a parenthesis and give a bunch of conditions. Honor is never given out based on your expectation of what is good or bad from them. Honor is never based on what they provided for you in life. Honor is never given on the basis of how well they they acted towards you as you came through life. And honor is never given out on the basis of how spiritual their walk with the Lord was. There are no conditions here. We just honor them. This is important. Do not underestimate the importance of this. Let's use an Old Testament illustration. You know the story of Noah. Quite a story. You want a PTS kind of moment, you're only ones who survived the world being destroyed. Noah, being one of the finest men who ever lived on the face of the earth, 
with his three sons. They work on that boat for years before they finally get it ready in order to be able to escape the judgment of God. The judgment of God goes in, the flood comes, the world's wiped out, and that had to be a stunning moment when they walked out to total silence. As they released the animals out in the wild, they're the only ones alive on the earth. Well, they began to try to build life again, and they're doing that. Noah began to farm. He planted a vineyard. So some years have passed because a vineyard takes a while before you can make wine out of it. But eventually it comes around, and it's ready to go. Well, one night, Noah drank some wine and became drunk. Listen, I don't give him a hard time about that whatsoever. After all, he's seen and done and all that he's been through. So that night, he's in his tent by himself. He's had a little too much. And he falls asleep. Ham, one of his kids, glances in and his father's laying there with, in, uh, with no clothes on. Instead of covering him up as he's passed out maybe or just went to sleep from too much, he goes out and tells the brothers, you ought to see dad. The other two boys are different. They go back, grab a blanket, they walk in backwards, they cover their dad up and they don't have anything other than that and they leave. Who did well in life? Ham didn't. That was a revealing of Ham's heart as he dishonored and disrespected his dad that day. For Shem and Japheth, they were blessed and the people of their generations were blessed because of them. Do not underestimate how important God makes is that you honor your father and mother. It's just a time to refresh all of our minds this simple fact. We're commanded to honor those who gave us life. And that honor is you show them respect, love, you speak on that which is right, you live your life in such a way that brings them joy. The greatest sin you could commit is to bring shame, dishonor, hurt, or pain to your parents. It's not a hard commandment to keep. In another sense, it's difficult. And your response is going to be, but you don't know who my parents were. No, I don't. And I don't want to know. I don't want you to have to tell me all the horrible stuff that may have happened. But you know what I do know? I know what God's will is for your life today. God's will is that you honor your family always. But again, you're going to say, let me explain to you what my parents have done. I said, don't want to hear it. Because a good man never reveals the failures of others, nor the failures especially of his parents. And as I've said earlier, there never comes an age when you no longer have to honor your father and mother. And for those who are raising kids, you, you're trying to teach your kids how to honor you know, one of the ways you'll do be the most destructive as you're teaching your own biblical lessons is they hear you in the home talk negative about your mother or dad or your in-laws. I've watched too many times now, and when I get to the root of it, it's because of negativity in the home towards the in-laws, towards the parents. You're, you're drilling in the kid's mind. Well, you're doing it. You're disrespecting them, and you're showing them how to be able to do those things. So that brings me down to this. If I do this, what's the response of God's word to this? If I, if I keep this simple foundational principle of life, what are the promises? Well, the first is simply this. It'll be well with you. And notice this commandment has a promise to it in the Ten Commandments. None of the others do. That adds to why this is so important. You know, some people, they live their lives and nothing goes well. You know people like that. Things just don't work. A rain cloud follows them everywhere. If something bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to them. No amount of what you do seems to change that. 
I had a good friend, and we, we went to college together. We went to seminary together. We roomed together. And Rick just, everything always went wrong. Things just happened. He was a good guy. I liked Rick a lot. And, and, but I could tell stories of college where things just went totally wrong. If something was going to happen, it happened to Rick. But his whole life kept going that way. We went to seminary. We graduated together. He went on and did BSU work, Baptist Student Ministry work, and did it for about 20 years. I went on to be eventually pastor and do that for many years. I was in San Antonio. I'd only been there a few years at Village Parkway when a friend of mine called and said, Steve, I got horrible news. I said, what? Rick was found dead this morning. He, he took his life. His note was, it never went well. It never worked. I can tell you, I had many conversations with Rick and he hated his parents. He never got over what they did in his life. It's not going to go well if you don't learn to forgive and let go. If you don't learn to overcome that. God said, I want you to have a good life. My mom had the worst life there ever was, but I never heard her speak negative of her mom or dad. I'm serious. I, if I could go into all that story, it's always amazed me that my mom, is what she went through, and I know all that she went through. I've heard it from her brothers and her sisters but I never heard a negative word about her dad, especially, but her mom never. That's not always easy to do. But my mom and dad provided us a good home. And to honor my mom was never a very difficult thing to do at all. I, I, I am grateful for this day that I was, was, had the privilege of being Wilma Branson's son. And every day I live, I live in such a way that one day if when I see her again in heaven, which I know I will see her again in heaven, I want her to go, son, you did well. You did well. I mean, that's what we live for, is to see life work. And the promise here is if you get this right, it'll work. It'll go well. And the second thing is you'll live long on earth. It just means you're going to, what's everybody's desire? We want a good, long life, and you want it to go well. I'm 70. My mom died at 70. I hope I live my dad's age, 90, and I hope I'm halfway faculties with me as I get to that age, but I'm still trying to live as full as I can. I'm not ready yet. 70 used to sound old. And my football players this week saying, gosh, how are you able to stay out here with us? You're, you're getting awful old out here. I said, I'm, I can do this. Not really, but I don't tell them that. But I'm having fun with them. I enjoy that. I, you know, I am so grateful that I, I learned these truths early. My mom and dad ingrained them in me. I learned them in seminary. I didn't, I didn't want to do all this just because I was a preacher. I became a preacher because that's what God called me to do. But I have learned over the years that if you do this, God brings blessings in your life. It doesn't take away the hardships nor the difficulties, but the grace of God seems to be bestowed upon us to help us through whatever we're facing in life and to do it in a way that when it's all said and done, it's good. So I'm calling you today, honor father and mother. Now, you've got to throw a Mark Twain story in here. He said this, when I was a boy of 14... My father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much he had learned in seven years. <laughs> Which reminds me of a magazine article I read years ago. At the age of four, a child says, my dad can do anything. At the age of seven, a child will say, my dad knows a lot. He knows a whole lot. At the age of eight, my parents... They don't know quite everything. At the age of 12, 
Oh, well, naturally, my parents don't know about that either. At the age of 14, my parents are so out of date. At 21, my parents are so lame. At 25, you know, my dad does a little bit, but not too much. At the age of 30, let's check with mom and dad and see what they're thinking about this. At the age of 35, before we decide, let's get dad and mom's idea first. At the age of 50, I wonder what my dad would have thought about this. At the age of 60, you know, my parents literally knew everything. See, God knew we needed this to be able to live. I'm going to put a negative story in at this point. I was reading an article in the Wall Street Journal this week about Heather Armstrong. Didn't know anything about her. She was the number one blogger in the nation on motherhood around 2000. She did it for several years. She died a very tragic death just recently. Turned out she's one of the most unhappiest women who was ever on the face of the earth, who was bitter towards her parents, who was bitter towards her husband, but she masked it all on blogs and wrote and had a huge following across the nation. See, it's more than writing about it or saying, I know what it says. That doesn't mean how God blesses us. It means we follow, we do what God's word says. We get up and we live our lives each day. You may say, well, is there a point when it's too late to start? It is never too late to start. Never. My wife was raised by United States Marine, World War II. Iwo Jima, Okinawa, heavy combat. We can't tell you anything about anything he ever went through. Jimmy was not easy to be being my father-in-law because I didn't always measure up to his high standards in life. His daughter is one of the most gifted pianists I've ever known. Jan can play anything first sight. I don't care what piece of music you put in front of her, she can play it. She still can do that. I put the flight of the bumblebee in front of her one time. She had not seen it in five or six years. She nailed it to perfection. Many years later, one of the church members who loved that said, would you record that for me? And so we've set up everything in the auditorium at Village Parkway and recorded a video of her playing the flight of the bumblebee. She probably hadn't played it in 20, 30 years. Hadn't even looked at it. She looked at it a couple times before anybody got there, and she nails it to perfection. But her dad would always say, it's a shame you can't play by ear. You could play by ear. Think how good of a pianist you could be. And so it always hurt her a little bit, but she never said anything. But she always wanted to dad just say, Shug, that's what he called her, Shug. I love your piano playing, but she never got it. And I knew how much it would hurt her heart because a young girl, which I still call her a young girl, if not, I get in trouble. (laughs) But she just wanted a dad's approval on that. She got it. Just a few years ago, we were doing something. He leaned over and said, you know how amazing you are on the piano? Let me tell you what. It was a little too long to wait but it's the best thing ever happened to my wife. And did you know that as we got ready to leave that day, he put his arms around her and said, Shug, I love you. First time he'd ever voiced those words ever. And my wife's heart melted. Do not underestimate that this goes both ways, that we all need this within our lives. It's how God created us and made us as we live our lives that we need that. And when you honor your parents, then you'll be able to live in a marriage. You'll be able to handle work. You'll be able to be out in the public. And you can survive in life. 
because they will have given you the principles that will help you to be able to do that. See, the key to life is never great insight and knowledge, but simply putting simple truths into practice every day. And then lastly, what's the basis of all this? Why do we need to do this? That's how I kind of started at the first. Who is greatest at honoring fathers? A father, let me put it that way. Who is greatest at honoring a father of everybody who's ever walked on earth? Yes. Say it again. It's Jesus. Listen to his words. Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it's something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son does in like manner. I love that. Jesus came to this earth not to do his will, but to do the will of his father. And he was obedient to the father even on the cross. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death on the cross. And because he honored his father like that, Philippians 2 then says, but God now will highly exalt his son, that there will come a day that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know why you and I are to follow the commandments of God? Because we've been given the greatest gift you could ever ask for. We've been given the gift of life in Christ Jesus. There's not a one of us in this room who deserved to be able to call God our father. But he made that possible when he made us alive through his son. His son was the perfect sacrifice for us. We have been cleansed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been created now in Ephesians 2.10 to walk in the good, good works that he has created us for. And the good works is, is loving our spouses. It is honoring our parents. It is living life to the fullest, being what God's called us to do. If it brings great success in life, that's good. But one thing I know it will do, if it doesn't always bring great success in life with a family situation... I will be walking pleasing before my Father in heaven, and I will hear one day, in the midst of all that you had to face in life, you did well. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And those words will be more important than anything else you'll ever hear. And that's what you and I are living for every day. But if you walk in this way, God is going to bless it in some of the most unique ways you can ever imagine. I close with one story. I, I, we had a singles class at Village when I got there. One guy. Richard was the only guy in the class. Church had gone through some difficulties. Tenants had dropped in half, and so there were no singles. He was the only one. And he would sit in his Sunday school class by himself. And he did that for two years. I would walk by every Sunday as pastor. I've always walked around, shook everybody's hand, do those kind of things. And I'd stick my head in and say, Richard, how's it going? He said, pretty good. I said, is the teacher any good this week? And he said, yeah. It would be him talking to himself. But he would study his Bible, and he would do that. Later, I walked in. I said, you want me to take over the singles class? He said, yeah. I said, let's do it. Before long, we had 30, 35 in our class. They all ended up getting married, and then we had to start another singles class years later. But we just ended up having a blast. Well, in the midst of that, he still couldn't get a date. So he got on one of these dating things, and he met his wife. It wasn't a very happy marriage the first year. She hated her parents, and she took it out on him. And he didn't really know her when they got married. So she and I sat down one time and had this conversation that I did with you today. I want you to know something. That young lady changed. I have known them for almost 30, well, 28, 29 years. They had the best marriage, three kids, one getting ready to go to college. Just one Sunday, I'm preaching 
I see her over with some people after the service. I went over. I said, who, are, who, who is this? My mom and dad. She had brought them to church. I saw that hill. It would have never happened if she hadn't took seriously this. And her and Richard's relationship was superb after that and is to this day. I deeply believe that if you'll walk in this, God will bless it and you'll see something special happen. Father, we thank you for the day and for the privilege and honor you give us to study your word. And Lord, on a simple principle, may we pay close attention to it. May we follow it. Some of us have had some very difficult situations, so it makes it a little hard. But Father, give grace and mercy that they can show the kind of honor that they need to. And that, Father, you will help all of us in this room to walk in a manner pleasing. This honor in a family is something we learn on a continuous basis. We walk through all kinds of situations in life, but yet that's what we're called to do. And thank you, Father, that you give us the ability to be able to do this. Now give us the courage and strength to be able to walk through life doing what you've called us to do, bringing you honor and glory in all that we do and say. Is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.